Hey, I'm Tyrell and Paxty, and this episode is brought to you by no one yet. If you're a business owner and would like to advertise on the Mudgy podcast, just get in touch. Head to themudgyguardian.com.au, scroll all the way down, and click on the Contact Us section for everything you need. Now back to the show. Hi, I'm your host, Ben Palmer, and this is the Mudgy Podcast, Episode 2. Hi, this is the Mudgy Guardian Podcast, Episode 2. I'm here with... Tyrolyn Paxty. Uh, who is our guest on this episode. Uh, Tyrolyn, sell yourself to the audience. How would you <laughs> no, introduce yourself? don't make me do that. Um, so I'm a Mudgy local. I was born and raised here. Um, I run Stepping Out in Mudgy, the performing arts school where we sing, dance, act and write. Um, I'm also an author and I think that's all I can really say about that. That's that's quite a few things. Like <laughs> you, you make out that that's like, oh, I don't really do much. I'm just like all these different things and I run my own business and I'm all these. Yeah, it's very impressive. <laughs> no, it's lovely. Well, you make me sound better than what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's... Uh, do you have any news about any of those things? Do you have any cool projects in the works at the moment? We've got lots of cool projects at the moment. So um, obviously Stepping Out starts back uh, the first week of February, which is very cool. So we start all our projects there and have our concerts. Um, in regards to myself, um, I've got two new books coming out. Um, I've just booked a meeting with Imagine Studios. I don't know if you know Ron Howard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who uh, I think everyone... Has at least heard of Ron Howard a little Surely, bit. Surely, cheers, the Grinch. Yep. Um, yeah, so I've got a meeting with them in LA in July, which is really exciting. Wow. I know, I am vomiting every time I think about it. What's um, <laughs> So you're going to fly to LA to have this... Yeah. Yeah, wow. A little business meeting, which is really exciting. That is really cool. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, well, that's really exciting. We are here on this episode to talk about our favourite Regent Theatre memories. Yeah. Uh, so let's get started on that. Okay, so I'm going to let you start, Tyrolyn. With the Regents? Yeah. Uh, I, I might get into a bit of the history of the region after this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you would know as much as anyone that lives in Mudgee would that there's quite a bit of controversy surrounding the Regent Theatre as of... There in the last is. 10 years. Yeah, and look, I, I try to be diplomatic as possible and I try not to get involved into too many political issues, but this is one that um, is very important to me, I think, because the arts have just been my life and to see them wanting to do something with it that won't really affect the performing arts the way it yep. should. So um, the, the biggest thing I can't understand is because I understand, and a lot of people won't agree with me, and that's fine, but the fact they want to turn it into apartments is the mm-hmm. number one thing. I can't understand things like that racist poem we've got. Yeah. <laughs> How they couldn't even get rid of that because it was heritage. Yeah, that, that is a very interesting one. I yeah. won't repeat what the poem says, but no. you can probably Google it to find out. That, mm, then we can work it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what we're here mainly to talk about are our fondest memories mm. when the Regent Theatre was open, that we went and saw a movie at the Regent and it was really memorable for a particular reason. I have a few, um, but I'll let you start with any that you can think of. I remember when Shrek 2 
came out because that Shrek was, was that was going to be want to be my ones. <laughs> you no way. I I'll, still remember. I'll, I'll also do the Shrek too. <laughs> it might be different. Too, so, so I remember um, it was packed. I'd never seen the Regent Theatre packed before, and I think because I was struggling to get people in and fit everyone in, they didn't start the movie for about half an hour. Mm-hmm. And finally, when it did start, there was just this roar, this cheer of it's starting. I remember, just to piggyback off that, um, my auntie used to buy us kids, um, like, tickets to go to the movies. This was just an open ticket that you could get and just go to the movies whenever you wanted. I remember when Shrek 2 was out and where the property shop is now in the corner was the tyre place. If you remember that, and the entire lobby was packed and the line was like three people wide all the way out the door, all the way up Church Street to the tire place on the corner near the clock. And we turned up and we were like, oh, well, there's no way we're getting in at all. Like, it was weird that Shrek 2 was as big as it was. (laughs) It was all we had. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But we had those tickets already bought, so we didn't have to wait in line to buy the tickets at all. You were very key. We just walked straight in and we're like, here's our ticket. And, like, we got what felt like the last two seats in the whole cinema. I don't really remember much about the movie itself. I very vividly remember the light-up to get into Shrek 2, though. Yeah, I think the same uh, when the Nugget premiered. Yeah, I I didn't go to the Nugget premiere. I mean, I was in, like, year 8 or 9 at the time. But I do... I remember I used to walk past, uh, like, the set on my way to school every day. And there's this amazing photo, which I'll include in the... um, episode page for this on mudgyguardian.com.au but there's an image of Eric Banner and some of the other actors turning up in the back of a ute to the premiere of the movie (laughs) my memory of going to see the nugget at the regent was it was one of the rare times I sat downstairs because upstairs was full it was well past when it premiered but it was the only time I've been in a movie theater where people clapped at the end and I died a little inside when that happened. So American. It is so American. <laughs> yeah. And I get it because like, oh, it was made in Mudgy and mm. everyone was really happy with it. But yeah, that was like, that's my one memory of going to see the Nugget at the region at the time. I have a confession. I only watched the Nugget like three or four years ago. And I've just for the I first impressed. time. For the first time. I wow. liked it because I was at Kajigong when they were filming it. Yeah. And I believe they, um, they actually set up a lot of the trailers on the Kudgy field. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, and because we were just kids and it was a glamorous film set, we would just sit on the field and stare at these trailers yeah. waiting for something to yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah, and it's... The movie... The magic of movie making is, in fact, in reality, very boring. So boring. And very, like... Everyone just doing their jobs. Everyone just, like, getting around, just doing stuff. And, like, the actual acting part is such a small part of it. It so is, and it's, so repetitive. It, yeah, it looks really interesting, but actually it's, like, super lame. Yeah, totally, because I've been an extra now on a few sets. Yeah. And I just go, never again. Yeah, I can't it's, do this. it's a lot of waiting, standing oh. around, doing a tiny little thing, waiting, standing around, doing it again, waiting, yeah. standing around, doing it again. The first time is exciting because they dress you, and you go, wow, I could get used to this. I'm yeah, dressing exactly. me every day. It's so cool. <laughs> But yeah, no, um, I don't recommend it. Children who are listening, um, don't be an extra. <laughs> no. uh, I heard it doesn't pay well either. Actually, pays pretty well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, when I did the Killing Fields, that was yeah. what six years ago. Twenty five dollars yep. an hour. Wow, that's which pretty I good. Thought that's, was that's pretty, pretty good, good for sitting around getting free food. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it does pay all right yeah, then. It's all right. <laughs> Maybe you can make a career of being an extra. Some people do. Oh yeah, like they're like professional extras, which is yeah. a weird thing, but. 
yeah, they just I are never acting in movies. They're just always in the background yeah. doing stuff. Um, that would be a good challenge, actually, trying to find the same extra yeah. in every movie. That would be cool. Yeah, very boring. <laughs> um, okay, so one of my other most vivid memories um, of going to the Regent Theatre was... I wouldn't even call this a specific movie memory, but when the temperature would be too hot or too cold in the Mm -hmm. region, because the climate control there was basically just some ceiling fans, I remember if it was too cold, it was like just a thing. It was just a given that people would bring a blanket to sit over their lap while they watched the movie because it was going to be so cold. And then it was too hot, you had to try and get a spot under the ceiling fan because, like, that's the only, like relief you could get sitting in the movie theater because i i actually go to the movies these days to like get out of the heat sometimes because it's like dark and cold and i love that but yeah you'd go to the region and it was just like not much better than it was outside and it was like okay this is this is an old theater like you could kind of tell back then that yeah the the mod cons weren't quite there I remember uh, one cold winter's night when we went to see The Mothman Prophecies. Oh, that's a scary movie. That scared the hell out of me. Did it really? I love those weird kind of supernatural things. So I was only about seven, I think. I was a baby. And I was a little bit more delicate than what I am now. So if I heard the F word, I freaked Mm -hmm. out. I don't know why. I was just very precious. So we went one night and um, I saw a teacher outside of school. Oh, no. That that was weird. Yeah, like a teacher has a life outside of school. What? So um, it was actually during the trailers Mm -hmm. um, that they they said the F word. I was (laughs) so mortified. How dare they say that in a trailer of Mm -hmm. all things? I'm surprised that as a seven-year-old you were allowed to go see what I assume was at least an M-rated movie. Yeah, but it was... Supernatural. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> it was, yeah, okay. Go on. Yeah. Um, also, I used to dance at the Regent Theatre. Yeah. And that was a phenomenal experience because, um, you know, we've got the town hall here and everything, but it's not the same. The Regent had the double story. Mm-hmm. So you'd have people upstairs and downstairs. And now I sound like I'm reciting some ABC <laughs> show. Upstairs and downstairs. Um, and it was really um, a strange setup because we would have to get dressed at the PCYC. And walk right. around the back. Wow. So if it was raining or yeah, super hot, actually, yes. yeah, we would be lining up in our costumes with three layers of foundation on. And that was always really tricky. But oh, once you're on stage, it was just a fantastic feeling. Until you just mentioned that, I actually hadn't thought about a Regent Theatre memory of mine that wasn't about going to the movies. But okay. I was in the choir from kindergarten all up through to year six. And we used to have our Steadfords at the Regent Theatre. Really? Yeah, our Steadfords would be at the Regent Theatre. And I specifically remember singing a song about the bunyip. And we were dressed in brown garbage bags, which was, I guess, indicative of the bunyip. Yeah, and we sang these songs about the bunyip and I'm sure other songs as well. But yeah, all our Steadfords were at the Regent. We'd go up on stage and... Look out! It was yeah. It was really it was really cool because I I guess most people probably know the Regent mostly for their films, Mm. but it had other. Once upon a time, it would hold like concerts and stuff, like proper musicians and that sort of thing. I tell you what, a wedding venue there would be stunning because it looks Mm. like a ballroom at the bottom with that high ceiling, and it's on a bit of a slope, isn't it downstairs? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember as well, like at the dance concerts, there'd be all the little toddlers. They would go up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need that circle there and just dance. Yeah. And it was just it such was, a great feeling. It was pretty cool. Yeah. 
Um, I'm just trying to think about... The, uh, this is a, a memory that I have. I remember going to see The Lord of the Rings, the first one, and I was trying to feverishly finish the first book before I went and saw the film, and it was one of those daytime sessions. And I remember, like... Because, like, that movie is amazing. Mm. And I remember that was, like, a really... Uh, I don't know, like, formative movie for me. Like, it... I don't know, like, it... Do you ever see a movie and it, you, you watch it and it, like, affects you, like, in a really big way? I'm just saying, I totally agree with you. It changed my life and Legolas was my first crush. Yeah. Just putting it out there. <laughs> the the other movie I can think that did that was... And this was at the region again, was when I first saw The Incredibles. Oh, yeah. And I just... There was just something about The Incredibles that was so... I'm not going to use the word incredible. <laughs> there was... It was just so good. And it was so well written and animated and produced. And I was like, I just I just want to do this as my job. And for a long time, that is what I wanted to do. And I think ultimately that goal of getting into sort of the production media part of it is ultimately what led to kind of where I am today because it Absolutely. got me into computers and creativity and that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I just remember seeing The Incredibles and I was like, wow, this is so good. Yep. Yeah. I had the same thing with Signs. Really? That's another yeah. scary as hell movie. I love scary I don't like gory movies. If there's blood involved, I'm not interested. Yeah, see, like, that doesn't... Yeah, see, I just anymore. go, that's vomit-inducing for me. But when it comes to, um, like, psychological thrillers or just something that's a little, like little bit of a Tim Burton twist mm-hmm. vibe to it and I am so there but I remember everyone freaking out with signs and I was nine years old loving it and there's all these people jumping wow. at all the bangs there are a few scenes in that movie that still bother me to this day <laughs> is it the one where he's under the stairs and he's watching that home video yes that's that the one it's horrible <laughs> that is the worst I remember the first time I ever saw that and I just like it wasn't scary and like the oh that's scary. I just like stood at it. I just sat it, it's there. It's just imprinted in the It was eyelids. just so chilling to, to see. Oh, it was so disgusting. And I remember years later going to YouTube to watch that clip and I couldn't bring myself to watch it <laughs> on YouTube. I was like sucking myself up and then I like had to look away because yeah, there was just something about that that scene that works really, It was really, well. really clever. And to have a moment in movie history that can stick with you for the rest of your yeah. life. Kind of like Courage the Cowardly Dog. There are some messed yeah. up scenes. Oh, yeah. I, really, I recently rewatched that on, I think, Stan. And, yeah, that's a pretty messed up show. Yeah, I don't know how that's a kid's show, to be honest. No. <laughs> um, it's funny that if you talk to anyone that's seen Signs, like, and you talk about the scene, that's probably the one yeah. that they're talking about. Um, another one that bothered me from that movie was, I think, when he's, like, in the cornfield and he sees, like, the little leg. Oh, like, it's running response. into the cornfield and there's, like, a little leg that he sees, like, scurrying away sort of thing. That was... And you know weird. what? I think because it had that sort of uh, Jaws effect. You know how in Jaws you don't really see the shark? Yes. It's like that. You don't really see the aliens. Well, it's, it's funny. I was going to say, until the end, when I think that movie falls apart a bit, because you see the aliens. Yeah, so it takes away the... There's the no fear. mystery. Yeah, the mystery. It, your imagination is always better... Absolutely. ...than what they can come up with 99% of the time. The third moment in that movie, where uh, his little claw comes out underneath the Yeah, that was pretty good. 
Uh, and I think there's one where he like looks out to the barn and there's like a dude, there's like an alien standing on top of the barn or something. Yes, because the daughter comes in. There's yeah. monster outside yeah. room. I might, I might watch that I movie. kind of want to watch it right yeah, now. Yeah, I kind of yeah. want to do that. <laughs> we need to have like a movie club, like instead of a book club. Oh, that would be so good. Club. I would yeah. love to have a separate podcast where we just talk about movies that we've seen. Oh, we'd never shut up. I know, that's great. <laughs> um, I remember going to see the Simpsons movie at the Regent Theatre. Oh, you saw it at the Regent. Yeah. Going to Dubbo trade-off. Oh, no. Yeah. I I was really keen for the Simpsons movie. I'm like a massive Simpsons fan. Not so much anymore. I was about I, to say still. It's, it's weird. Like, there's almost like two types of Simpsons yeah. fans. There are people that watched it up to about season 11. Oh, and never watched it since. Yeah. <laughs> but it's been going. It's like up to season like 30 there's more Simpsons we've no, never, ever seen than there are good Simpsons, which yeah. is really weird. And I think the movie was the absolute, like, end point for me where it was like... That was the chance to finish it. It, it had yeah. been going for 20 years at that point. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And interestingly, the Camp Krusty episode from, like, season four or six or whatever, that was originally written to be a film and they turned it into the episode, which would have been a great movie mm-hmm. at the time because they were on the top of their game comedy-wise at the time, but... Yeah, that's that's besides the point. Yeah, I went and saw the Simpsons movie at the region, and my, this isn't necessarily a positive memory, but it was one of the few times where I was at the region and the audio wasn't working or the visuals weren't working, but the audio was. So it was like switching in and out constantly, and they had like these technical issues, and so I was like, I kind of remember missing like the first ten minutes of the Simpsons movie, which I've never gone back to rewatch. Maybe I should. And yeah, I have no idea. And it was everyone was just like moaning and groaning, and some people just. So if you've never gone back to watch it, I would laugh if like the most important part of the movie is. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it is, but. (laughs) You'll never know. It's on Netflix. Yes, it is. Yeah, Yeah, I might check it out. Yeah. Um, I almost totally forgot. This probably is my fondest memory of going to see a movie at the Regent Theatre. It was about two thousand and two. Jackass, the movie, oh. had just come out. No, you didn't. <laughs> Mate, those movies absolutely hold up. Those movies are so good. Jackass, it's just a general YouTube video now, isn't well, it? Well, <laughs> yeah, kind of. But there's just something about... Like, I'll get back to my memory in a second. There's something about current YouTube, like pranksters and people doing that sort of stuff that... I don't know, Jackass was really, like, sincere about it and they, like, still cared about each other heaps and they were, like, really good friends. I'm There's... sorry, it makes me laugh. They were really sincere Yeah, they, it's, it's really <laughs> hard to describe without watching all three of them, but, okay. like, they, like, loved each other and it was, like, just friends having a good time instead of, like, let's do awful things to strangers and be like, oh, it was just a prank and, like, that's the joke. Uh, anyway... It was 2002 and Jackass had just come out and we were so keen for it. And my mum drove me and probably eight to ten other friends to the theatre to see it. Were you in a clown car? How did you fit? Um, I think probably two Taragos actually. My mum used to drive a, a good old people mover. And so we all turned up and we went and bought our tickets and the person was like, this movie is rated like MA or whatever. So it was restricted to 15s and over. Some of us were 15, the rest of us weren't. And so basically it was like, are we all just going to go home now? We're going to call our dads to come pick us up. Like my friend's dad dropped him off. And then my mum, bless her heart, she 
volunteered to sit in the theatre as the like adult guardian for us well away from the rest of us like she's like I'm just gonna sit over here just do my own thing don't know if she was really interested in the movie but she yeah she got us into the regent and we all saw Jackass and it was the best one of the like top five moments I've ever had in the theatre in my life and I remember almost choking to death on a Malteser because there's a prank where there's like a skit where a guy is in uh like it's called the bungee wedgie and he's in like these pair of underpants that are tied to a tree and he like falls out of the tree and it's like bungee yeah it's it's great but the first time he does it it doesn't work and he just falls straight out of the tree onto his face <laughs> and that was so unexpectedly funny that i like sucked in the malteser and i, I was like i couldn't get anyone's that. attention i was like oh my god it gets this, trapped in your is esophagus. this how i die me too okay so it wasn't at the regent theater but i was 11 years old and it was horrific because your body kind of does this automatic like, yeah ooh, yeah your, your body does everything it can to just get air back into yeah it. and i remember thinking i thought i'm gonna die at 11 years old choking on a malteser yeah <laughs> i haven't had one since <laughs> really really wow Maltesers yeah. are so they're good. so good but I am oh. traumatised <laughs> yeah um, I think I might take this opportunity to uh, suggest we take a quick break what do you think let's do it this episode is brought to you by no one yet if you're a business owner and would like to advertise on the Mudgy podcast just get in touch Head to mudgyguardian.com.au, scroll all the way down and click on the contact us section for everything you need. Now back to the show. And we're back. I'm here with Tyrell and Puxty and we are talking all things Regent Theatre and our favourite memories seeing movies there. Um, another one that came to mind just during the break was Titanic. Uh, that was, what, 1997? Oh, kindergarten for me. I guess I would have been nine years old then. Yeah. And it was the only time that this happened, but I went with my grandmother, my great-grandmother, and my auntie. And that was generally the age demographic that was in that room uh, during that session. It was a lot of old people. I don't know why I was there. I don't know if they just took me along because they had to or because I wanted to see it. Like, I think Titanic was like... It was kind of like the avatar of his time where it was just like everyone in the world saw it because it was just like a big deal. And all of the old ladies that were there had brought boxes of tissues because they knew it was going to be sad, but they didn't know how it was going to be sad yet. And I remember, yeah, like you were just sitting there and it was like up to the sad parts and you'd hear like all this sniffing and like crying in the background and all these tissues being pulled out of boxes and it was... It was an interesting atmosphere to go see the Titanic at nine years old. That would have been. I remember... Now, look, I must have been about four or five. I was pretty young, but it's a very clear memory. They used to do um, double features. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it was Indian in the Cupboard and Jumanji. Ooh, that's a a good double. It was a good double. I remember not really enjoying Indian in the Cupboard. The main thing I remember was... It was a really cool concept. The concept was good. Yeah, but I think I fell asleep. But then it was just so exciting and had to have this little break in between. And then Jumanji started. Yeah, Jumanji's so oh, good. Oh, that changed my life. And I was, 
I was actually pleasantly surprised by the sequel because I thought no one asked for this. Yes, yeah, so that was actually quite good. Yeah, and yeah. I thought you don't mess with Jumanji, but I think they paid homage as well to Robin yep. Williams yep. and it was just wonderful. Um, another one I remember, I was 17 and that was, I think, the last movie I saw at the Mudgee region. It was The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. Wow. What is that movie about? I don't think I've oh, ever seen it. It's Look, it's really depressing. It's about <laughs> World War II, so yeah. enough said there. But it's about a boy, a rich boy, who befriends a Jewish boy who's in one of the camps, and he thinks he's wearing striped pajamas, but it's actually the, the uniform. Right. And there's a big that horrible twist at the end, and I won't say what it yeah. is. Um but I remember my friend, she loved the book and she said, could you come with me? And then she said, can you bring your mum? Because my mum wants to come and I want my mum to have a friend to go with, like mm-hmm. a play date. Yeah. She's like, okay. So we went and it just wasn't mum and my cup of tea. We're just sitting there going, oh, this is awful. We don't like these sad movies. And when the big twist happens at the end, there's there's no resolution. Just it happens. Oh, really? And then it's black. Wow. And then the credits roll. And there was just silence in a theatre, yeah. I think, because we were all thinking, what did we just watch? Yeah, <laughs> wow. yeah it's intense. It's, it's not my favourite. <laughs> Do you think I should watch that movie? Is it very good? Like re- I didn't like it. Okay. I, I, I found it boring, um, oh. and the ending was just really horrible, but I can understand why people would like it, even though it wasn't to my taste. I understand because it makes you think it's very uh, emotionally charged, um, do, do you like those sort of war movies? Um, I do actually. Okay. I like them if they're generally based in reality, like it's something that did happen. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm down for give a, a war movie. Yeah, give okay. it a go. Then let uh, me know what you I'll think check of the ending. <laughs> All right. I don't know if I ever saw any like really. I don't know if I saw actually. I'm going to talk about two of the worst movies I've seen at the region. Oh. One was Swordfish, if you remember I have that. Not even heard of that. Oh man, that's that's a whole that's a whole thing. You need to see that. It's With got like Hugh, it's got Hugh Jackman in it. No, it's not even like that. It's about I don't even know what it's about. It's got John Travolta. It's got it's Hugh Jackman. Yep. Yeah. It's got Halle Berry. Mm. Uh, it's got some other people in it too. And Hugh Jackman's like this hacker guy. And I don't really remember much else from that movie. If you look it up on YouTube, it is just the worst, worst thing you could ever see. Like Hugh Jackman, like classic movie hacking where he's got like 10 keyboards in front of him, just mashing them all at once. And he's got this wall of monitors and he's just like laughing and there's all this code happening and... Sounds it's, like he's the Joker gone it's wrong. So, it's so bad. <laughs> anyway, there was a huge controversy at the time because Halle Berry was paid one, I want to say one million dollars to appear topless in the film. So her, whatever she got paid, she got that much extra. And yeah, she was just topless in the movie for about 15 seconds. Well, she's was happy with it. Yeah. Look, everyone has a price, I suppose. And <laughs> it was like, I remember seeing it and I was like, like, fair enough it's just a topless person yeah. they were just reading a magazine and she drops the magazine down and that was it and it was like i don't really see what the big deal was and you can google that now like, yeah it was i don't know it was deal. really weird that movie was so bad and that's like the only part i remember and maybe they knew it was going to be bad so they said hallie we need you to go topless yeah i mean 
I mean, probably. I mean, most people, I think a lot of people might have gone to see it just because of the controversy, you know. Uh, like like you'd go see Mr. and Mrs. Smith because Brad Pitt cheated on Jennifer Aniston mm. with Angelina Jolie and it's like, ooh, this is the movie sort yeah, of thing. You wonder how much of it is fabricated just to get you in. Like yeah. Jared Leto or whatever his name is, they made a big deal about how he would bring fingernails to set and freak people out and then you think, is the controversy hyped up? Just to make you go watch the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, side note, there is a really good podcast called Decoder Ring mm-hmm. where they look at pop culture sort of myths and memes and that sort of thing. And there's a whole episode on sad Jennifer Aniston and just the <laughs> cult, the culture around why people continue to talk about Jennifer Aniston yeah. as like this sad woman. And it sort of started with her being engaged and married to like Brad Pitt and stuff. But anyway, I digress. Well, just for what it's worth, Ben always has the best suggestions for podcasts. You got me hooked on Welcome to Night Vale. I, was, I, was I only, saw that live. Oh, I was only thinking about that the other day. I remember when I recommended that because I was like way into it. And I remember I haven't listened to it for a really long time. I would love to know if, if, if I jumped back into it, would it just be exactly the same? Or if it's a canon where you have to go back a few episodes. Yeah, and... I, would love, I would love if it was kind of still the same because I loved the mood of that podcast. Mm. And I remember I used to walk to work in the winter time when it was all foggy and I just like listened to Welcome to Night Vale and I kind of like tried to imagine I was like there. It was, yeah, it was a great podcast. If you ever, um, if they ever come back to Sydney, I'll let you know because yeah, seeing be it live was just a completely different experience. There was more yeah. energy. Yeah. The actors were just sort of, they were just really hyped up. Yeah, the actors are really good. Like it's yeah. a, it's really well, it's hard to sort of express how difficult it is to act on radio because mm. you have to get everything across in your voice yeah and uh there was because there's a comedy aspect in it but live they really pushed that and had live performances with the weather <laughs> yes i forgot about that yeah um so yeah the other movie and this is one of the two times i've ever fallen asleep at the movies mm. the second time wasn't in mudgy it was in Tamworth and I went to see Transformers 2 for some god awful reason and I fell asleep bad movie love the first Transformers everything after that bad um I went and saw Madagascar at the Regent Theatre and this might be an unpopular opinion but Madagascar is a bad movie (laughs) it's it's average for me it's it's like it's not really as funny as people think it is and people love the whole like King Julian thing I swear there's been like three or four Madagascar movies and I want to say multiple spin-offs because I think the penguins have their own movie. Yeah. They were the best part of that movie. They're the, like, they were the funniest part. And then King Julian, which was voiced by Sasha Baron Cohen in the films, got his own spin-off as well. Did he really? Yeah. Or his own movie or like straight to straight to DVD sort of movie. Like it's on Netflix somewhere. Here's a fun little fact about Sasha Cohen, whatever his name is. He was actually going to be the lead in Bohemian Rhapsody. He was, yes. Yeah. I remember hearing that and thinking that makes total sense. He's I a really good he actor. He's tall good. and he looks like him kind of. Um, and, yeah, he left because of sort of creative differences. Yeah. I think at the time it was cited that he they wanted to focus on the strengths that the band had continued to go to after Freddie's death. Um, and he kind of disagreed that they weren't really the same ever mm. since. And I think that's where the, dis- like the dis- disagreement came in. But, uh, yeah, I love, I love fun movie facts like that. My favourite thing to do on IMDb 
when I'm watching a movie is just to look up the trivia on it. Me too. I'm the nerd that goes onto forums afterwards to discuss a movie because yeah. I'm just if I'm blown away by something, yeah. I yeah. just want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And find out everything. Like I want to analyze every little bit. I do that if I love the movie. I yeah. don't usually do that if I hate it. I no. remember I saw Madagascar. I can't remember what part I was up to, but I just fell asleep and I was like, this is so bad. I think I might have been there with my brothers or something. I did the same with the movie uh, with Matthew McCoggan, hey, whatever his name is in it. Uh, that dragon one, I think it was called Rain. And he shaved his head for it. Uh, um, was that the one with... There's dragons everywhere and... Does that have Christian know. Bale in I it? I don't know. I was fast asleep. <laughs> What is that movie called? I think it's Rain, R-E-I-G-N. Oh, Rain of Fire. Yeah, yeah I and there's so, like yeah. there's like a war between the humans and the dragons. And so I just it sounds good on paper, but I yeah, feel asleep. Look, I might put that on my list as well of movies to revisit to see if it's any good because Yeah, because I might like it cool as an adult. Concept. And yeah. I wanna say it had Christian Bale in it or something, like early Christian Bale. You can't go wrong with Christian Bale, no, surely. Uh yeah. I mean <laughs> he's been in pretty bad movies, but yeah, he's generally pretty consistent. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was probably, they're probably the two worst movies I've seen at the region. Um, I remember going to see The Cat in the Hat, the Mike Myers one with a friend. I think we might've been there at the same time. Probably. Yeah. I love that movie and I was really keen to see it like as an older teenager at the time, but my friend and I went and it was just kids everywhere and I was like, (laughs) I think... I think we're not the target demographic for this, but that movie totally had a bunch of like adult references in it. I gotta say, I think it holds up. Pretty obvious adult references too. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I remember because I was in state age netball and we used to have to train for hours on certain nights and it was my uncle, who's only like 11 years older, so it's more like a brother. Um, he picked me up and I thought, what's going on? There must be, there's been an accident. Why is my uncle picking me up? And he just said, let's go see Cat in the Hat. And that was a really Amazing. cool memory. Yeah, like I was still, I think, in my netball uniform when I got to the movies and I was still sweaty, but there was just something really exciting. Yeah. The spontaneity. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can remember the last movie I saw at The Regent. Can you remember the last movie you saw at The, the Regent? Was it? Yeah. Do you know about what year that was? 2009. Yeah, it was okay. 12. Yeah. I want to say, I believe there was a period where The Regent was open for a long time and then it closed for a bit. And then as they were trying to gauge interest in selling it or auctioning it, they brought back two films for a brief amount of time. I can't remember what the other one was. It was some George Clooney political thing. But the other one was The Hangover, which was a new release at the time. Yeah. And I remember going and the, the atmosphere in the region was really good and it was packed and everyone was really keen and like the, the Hangover is an amazing movie. Like that movie just is like a classic. Like let's pretend that they never made any sequels to that movie, and it's like a perfect film. And yeah, I remember we were just at the Regent. Everyone was like, "This is really cool," and like everyone had like their popcorn and Maltesers or whatever. And yeah, it was just like a really really fun time. Everyone loved that movie, and it was just fun because like. I guess being from here, when you go to the movies, you might go with a friend, but you're never surrounded by anyone you know anymore. So true. When you went to the region, it was like your mates might be there, people you know might be there. It was all locals, pretty much. I went, speaking of that, a little bit off topic, I went to um, Dubbo to see a movie. I don't know, I was a kid, about 10 or 12. And I was with my mum, and the movie cinema was empty. 
and this strange woman just came up and sat right next to me <sighs> and I couldn't understand I felt so uncomfortable and I said mom can we move there's a strange woman next to me and she said we can't do that you know that, her feelings. that is a social crime it is I that might even be the theme for episode three of the Mudgy podcast social crimes that people <laughs> are committing you just you just cannot do that you no. cannot in a completely empty room you cannot choose to sit right next to the only other person no and then I thought you, you go was she lonely had she been stood up and if her date came in I'd be like no don't worry I'm sitting next to my friends. I don't know. I want to know what went through her head, but it was a very uncomfortable two hours for me. Yeah, bad. It like ruins the movie. It does, yeah. So yeah, that was that. Um, but you know, look, I wish I had the money to revive the Regent Theatre. The things you could do, honestly. Mm. Oh. The like I've said this many, many times, but I suppose I'll go on the record. Uh, I've worked here at the Guardian for about. Mm-hmm. It was 11 years in October. Wow, congratulations. And thank you, I think. And <laughs> throughout that time, the Regent's gone through many different iterations. Yeah. But we and past editors have always looked into what the real costs to bring the Regent back to being a movie theatre would mm-hmm. be. This isn't even including the just massive structural repairs that you would need to do, bringing it up to safety code... Um, installing and repairing things like additional toilets, mm-hmm. seating, proper air conditioning, the digital equipment to show modern films, like it was just on actual film film. Uh, just so much of that just to make it, just to bring it up to scratch, so yeah. to speak. You could retain a lot of the Art Deco flavour of it, but just to bring it up to code to make it safe for people would be its own huge cost. Absolutely. And then, so I think the one thing that people don't realise typically is um, a movie theatre makes most of its profit, if not all their profit, on the concession. So they don't make money on the movie tickets. The movie tickets are generally sold at cost. And that's why popcorn's like... I'm sure a garbage bag full of popcorn's probably worth about 10 cents and they charge you like $10. Yeah. (laughs) So that's where they make their money, right? Mm. So you've got that part of it. And I'm sure they would sell some candy stuff or whatever. But, I mean, a lot of people these days... Sneak it in. Yeah, they sneak it in. Or some places, like, just totally let you do it. Like, Dubbo, it's right next to Woolworths. You just go to Woolies. Yeah. Um, Though Woolies doesn't sell fresh popcorn. So, Um. like, you're ultimately still paying for it. You're still (laughs) getting scammed. Anyway, the, the main thing is... Let's say you wanted to show Star Wars at the Regent Theatre. Mm. You have to get the film from Disney or whatever. They often come through these very specialised equipment sort of hard drive systems where you're connected up to like this big system elsewhere in the world or nationally and it comes to you digitally and you get all these special codes to like unlock it and stuff like it's super locked down you can't you super cannot you're not just going to get the movie on a stick or whatever so you get the movie that way let's say and you've got star wars and it's great time when you get given those movies the studios stipulate that you must run those movies for x amount of time on x amount of screens so Mm. if a cinema has 10 screens they'll say well you need to show star wars on four of these screens for 
eight weeks or something, depending on the sort of time of year. Mudgy has one screen, so it would have to show the film longer than normal. Mm. And with the population of Mudgy, you would quickly go through all of the people that would see the movie in, let's say, a week or two, but you would still, per the agreement, need to continue showing the film at the theatre right. to sort of cover the agreement. Do they have different rules and stipulations for a country town or surely there would be different kind of... There might be, but I think you would have to probably go on a case-by-case basis. You would have to ask for it each time instead of just getting the movie. Um, I mean, even Dubbo, whose population is, say, let's say, three, three and a half times the size of Mudgee's, if you remember, their cinema was at risk of closing down Mm. within the last five years or so. So it was hard for them to maintain that and sort of they've had to up the prices of tickets a little bit and whatever, but it's just, and I suppose people could say, well, we'll just show old movies or whatever, but then again, you, you're not going to get, you still have to get those movies legally. I mean, you could just show them, you know, on the TV, <laughs> but that's against the law and you can't do that. You have to be all above board. I mean, if council bought it, which they're not going to, uh, they would absolutely have to do it above board mm. because they're a government entity. And like the town hall, they typically don't show films above, I think, PG because, like, I don't know if there's rules there, but council chooses to do that so that it can have the people, have people be able to see it so they're not rating people, like, ageing people out because I think yeah. their biggest market at the town hall is kids, younger people yeah. and people with kids and that sort of thing. So, yeah, there's there's just so many reasons why it couldn't work as a modern theatre. So I think the latest sort of plan for it is, like, I think, I, I think whatever it becomes will be great and it'll look the same on the outside and might not look the same on the inside, but you just... I don't know, it's just, it's like, it's really nice to want it to be a movie theatre again. It's it's great to want to relive the glory days, but it's just not really feasible. No, and... You're just throwing money away. Totally, and I totally get all of that, and that's why I can see both sides. Selfishly, though, I'd want it more as a performing arts venue for concerts, mm, yeah. and um, especially, look, the town hall is fine, but as I said before, it's no Regent Theatre, and um, I think that's what if they could ever revive it that's what they'd have to look at not so much as a movie theater but more as a live venue because you think we yeah. had Arj Barker come to Mudgy and he performed yeah. at Club Mudgy which again is fine yeah. but wouldn't it be great if he could have a really big venue yeah. and a, yeah. a historic venue as well yeah. um so that's that and you know what will be will be and as I said I always try to stay on the fence mm. because I can't control these things yeah but um my wish would be to see it become yeah. something in the performing yeah arts. it'd be yeah. nice to see it just be something yeah instead of nothing yeah and i get that it's really hard to you cannot please everyone there are always going to yeah. be people that are very passionate about keeping the region theater a certain way mm. but the fact is it's a privately owned building and that guy as long as the development application goes through can pretty much do whatever he wants with that building mm. 
So it's uh, it's up to them to do that. I think the biggest problem with that was he wanted to, and again, correct me if my facts are wrong, he wanted to um, increase the height of it so that way it'd be like five stories, mm. which in a small town with a five-storey building up against mm. everything else would look a little silly. It would, and it would certainly be probably the tallest structure in town like next to any tower. of the churches. <laughs> but look, I, I, I think... Personally, I think that would be fine. As if it looked good, then so be it. And mm. it's hard to know. Like artists' impressions are always different than the final outcome. But totally. it'll be interesting to see sort of where it goes from here. Yeah, and that's the thing. All we can do is really wait because it is out of our hands. Yeah. And um, accept it for what it is. Exactly. We can't fight City Hall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and with that, we're going to take another quick break. And we're back. I'm here with special guest, Tyrilyn Puxty. Oh, I like being special. Yes. Every <laughs> guest is a special guest. Oh, well, now I'm not special. Okay, very special guest, <laughs> Tyrilyn Puxty. Thank you, <laughs> We previously have been talking about the Regent Theatre, but we are done with that now. I There is just something I would like to clarify. At the end of this episode, the Mudgee Guardian ran a story recently um, about the water park that's mm-hmm. coming. And where it was up to. The story that was published in 2018 by somebody else at the time stated that the water park was to be comparable to the water park in Dubbo at Elston Park, which, if you've ever been there, isn't much of a water park. It's certainly fun and, and that sort of thing, but it's not it's not hugely flash or anything. And so we ran with that same information in addition to the quotes that council gave us about the um, progress of the construction and where it's at and how much it's going to cost, etc., um, so the council has come back and they've said that the park being comparable to Elston in Dubbo isn't necessarily correct. So we were given that information earlier, but we've since updated the story with that new information. Um, we are waiting on some images from contractors from council about the design of the park, but I've been told that it will be much fancier than the Dubbo one. It'll have slides and it'll have big buckets and that sort of thing. So it's actually going to be really cool. Um, the cost of getting into the water park will be part of the cost of getting into the pool. Oh, so. Because the Dubbo one, you don't have to pay. You just toddle, toddle on up. Don't yeah, you? so yeah. it's just like in the middle of the park. It's like its own thing. It's, I guess it doesn't yeah. have... To, it's just like fair little fountains and stuff. This one will be like a water park. So See, it sounds a lot cooler. See, that word really troubles me, water park, because... Because I envision wet and wild when I hear water park. <laughs> it won't quite be wet and wild. You not can, quite, you almost, can, Mudgy's version. Yeah, you can have a wet and wild time, but it will not be wet and wild. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's where we're at with the water park. I am also going to follow up with council to see if the cost of entering the pool will increase because of the water park or if the price will stay the same. It'll be interesting to see if it does stay the same. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, I just wanted to clarify that um, to everybody and we'll have a follow-up story hopefully soon. And, yeah, I'm pretty keen for the water park. So will the water park be 
in the Mudgeepool area or on the outside of it all? Well, the construction currently is taking place in Lawson Park and the I believe what they're building at the moment is the pump sort of system for it. So I believe, though I cannot confirm, so this could be completely incorrect, I believe that the park will sort of be more in Lawson Park. Um, so how will they be able to make sure people have paid for Well, it? I think they'll be... Imagine maybe like they're extending the space size of the pool area. So if they made the mm. gates go wider and longer, you've got all that extra space now to put new things. I don't know that for sure. That's just my assumption. But yeah, yeah it'll be part of the park. It won't be like a separate thing, it I suppose. It will be interesting to see how it goes because I wasn't aware that you have to pay for it. So if people are already going into the pool area, it'll be interesting to see if people really want to spend that money just to use the water park or is it more so that parents can swim in the pool and their kids go and play on the park yeah it could be that it could just be it'll basically be the pool but with all this cool stuff now so it's like <laughs> you're still paying to go to the pool okay but it'll just have this other stuff now that you can also go to maybe you want to only go to that maybe you want to just go to the pool like normal yeah so, okay yeah. oh well, it'll be interesting to see how it goes yeah, yeah. definitely um Thank you for coming on the podcast Thank today, Thank you for having me. That's Very all right. special. <laughs> um, if you ever want to come back on in the future, then just let us know. But um, if you would like to be a guest on the podcast, just send us an email. Um, head to mudgyguardian.com.au, scroll all the way down, find the Contact Us section, and uh, you can go from there. Cool. Thank you so much. Have a great day or night or whatever time it is you're listening <laughs> to this. <laughs> no props. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye.